MT.com. Hey everybody, it's been a little while. I feel like we did so many Big Sky breakdowns during uh, football, especially during the playoffs for football. We tried to give you basically like daily Big Sky breakdowns and uh, you guys loved it. I mean, the numbers were great. Uh, so appreciate everybody for tuning in. And then we just haven't been back at it for a little while. We've been uh, still rocking out on Nuanas now on ESPN Radio, but haven't had an original Big Sky Breakdown in a little while. So figured we'd check in with you. Andrew Houghton, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, and uh, this is going to be all about all Big Sky hoops. So Andrew had a couple great pieces about our midseason all-conference teams. So I want to talk about those just a little bit. Talk about a little bit about pretenders and contenders in the Big Sky. And they give you a little bit of a preview for the upcoming rivalry matchup between Montana and Montana State on the hardwood in Missoula on Saturday night. As we record this here on Thursday afternoon, February 15th, a couple days away from the rivalry Saturday, uh, we're going to roll right into Nuanas Now. And our lead segment on Nuanas Now is a little blindside about the rivalry. So we'll try to not repeat ourselves too much on that. But I do have a couple things to get to. And then we'll also hear from several different sides of this rivalry as well this week because of some scheduling stuff and just because we hear from the coaches a lot so I decided for our interviews for this week we were just going to put a priority on the players and so we have player guests coming up from all four of the teams that will participate in the rivalry for the Lady Grizz Carmen G. Feller will join us as well as Madison Hall. You probably know her better as Madison Jackson. That's the name she played under her first four years at Montana State, now playing her fifth season there at MSU. Got married last summer, so she tells us a little bit about that story, that experience. And then on the men's side, Brian Garaki, who's a Division II transfer from Point Loma, came to MSU from uh, Point Loma with Matt Logie, the new head coach for Montana State. And then on the Grizz side, also a Division II transfer, in Lalu Oke, who's a senior for the Grizz. So we'll hear from uh, those guys to preview the matchup uh, as well. Andrew, I know it's uh, mid-February. It's a time when a lot of people around Montana are feeling a little down and uh, in the blues. But next week, one of our favorite weeks, not for anything to do with the Big Sky Conference, but the Big Sky Dock Fest is coming back. I know uh, that's something you've been involved in quite uh, heavily since you've been back in Missoula. So you stoked for the Dock Fest to be back? Yeah, I can't wait. It's one of those weeks where you're just, you know what you're doing every night. That's right. <laughs> once we get done with the show here, I'm going downtown. Whichever of the late films that I want to see, I'm going to go sit there. I'm going to, you know, let my mind be altered by what, by what I'm seeing on the screen, and then I'll get out of there and I'll, I'll think about it. And, yeah, it's just there's a great energy around downtown, too, with all the events they have going on. They've got films going all day, every day for basically the next 10 days. Um, you know, we'll have some interviews here on Nuanas now, I think. Uh, and, and yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's fun being a part of that community and it's fun, you know, putting, putting your thoughts in somebody else's hands. Like, I don't know what I'm getting a lot of the times because my schedule's pretty busy here. Yeah, right. So I can't go and pick out the films that I want to see except for on the weekends. Right. I just know that I'm going to be watching something on some of those yeah. nights, and I, I'm just going along on that journey without knowing a ton about it. Well, so. it's always a fun time, and uh, we're excited to, to once again be partnered with the Big Sky Doc Fest here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. So um, I know people might say, well, sports and, and film, what do those have to do with each other? A lot of times there are sports-oriented films. 
And a lot of times there's not. But in, in its essence, we want all the things we're involved in to have a journalistic flair to it. Because that's what we are at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, trained journalists. So I just always think good conversation with interesting people about interesting things makes for good talk radio and good podcasting, even if it's not sports-oriented. So stay tuned for that uh, coming up uh, throughout the next uh, week or so uh, on Nuanas Now. So let's talk uh, your all-big sky list. We'll start with the ladies. Ladies first. Um, we hashed this out on Nuanas Now a little bit, but... Uh, and it's also funny. This, a lot of times, our our mid season and our and or our post season all conference, how we would vote. We have a lot of arguments. A great it makes for good podcast fodder. <laughs> but I think that when it comes, especially when it comes to basketball, Andrew and I see basketball very similarly, and we put the same priority on some of the same sort of things. And uh, so, not much argument here, as much as just sort of extrapolation. So, uh, for our preseason or excuse me, mid season uh, MVP. Jamie Loetta of Eastern Washington, Sophie Glatzy, Northern Arizona, Danny Barch of Montana were the, the top three candidates in that order. And then on our all-conference first team, Loetta, Glancy, and Barch, plus Aliyah Alexander from Eastern Washington, Madison Hall from Montana State, which I love that you had her on there, and then Delaney Byrne of Northern Colorado, certainly one of the most improved players in the league uh, as a sophomore. I guess I'll start with what was the, the hardest part about breaking this down, or was, or was this – not that hard because I, I mean, it, t- to me, Madison Hall is probably the one you got to stand on the table and argue for on the 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 team, the first team. Other than that, I thought it was pretty cut dry, especially those top four. It's pretty hard to argue against any of them. Yeah, it was it was pretty easy because the ones that you know you would maybe get arguments for. I think, like you said, Madison Hall, and maybe a little bit about Danny Barch being top three on the MVP list when sure. she's the sixth highest scorer on her own team. That's like, crazy. I, I just had That's a, a crazy stat. Isn't that wild? I, but I just had really good argue. I, f- I felt like I could argue really articulately for both of them, so it was actually just more fun to write than anything. Uh, the one, you know, there are some good players that drop off to the second team here. I'm not really, I don't feel as strongly about, you know, does Delaney Byrne go on the first team? Does Hannah Simmental go on the first team for Northern Colorado? Like, if somebody wants to argue about that or if somebody wants to say, well, look, Northern Arizona's on this run and they're proving that they're the best team in the conference, do you need to get a second Northern Arizona player on there? You know, I'd, I'd feel okay about that. But, you know, the really the first five spots for me were, were pretty obvious. I think that when it comes to who's actually going to contend for this thing down the stretch, Northern Colorado's gone through some – some tough times lately. Yeah. I don't really know if they have really it in them to to truly make a run all the way to the tournament title. But other than that, I think that the other four teams that are represented on that first and, and largely the second team as well. I mean, the, our, our second team included uh, Kyron G. Filler of Montana, Emily Rodebaugh of Northern Arizona, Casey Spick of Idaho State, Hannah Simital of Northern Colorado, KJ Lamardo of Montana State. Most of these are made up of the, the, the top four contenders. And I think I'd be pretty surprised – if there was anybody that was that, that other than Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, and Northern Arizona that was really in contention there. I'm not saying that's going to be your semifinals across the board, but I think those are the four that have the most realistic shot to play in the championship. Yeah, I think that's right. I'd be really, you know, you know, Idaho State maybe is going to make some noise. Northern Colorado is going to make some noise in the tournament, but I just feel I feel really good actually about those top four teams because I feel like they all have 
a good sense of themselves. I mean, they know what yeah. their identity is, and sort of that also makes it kind of easy to pick the first team because all of those teams have a good idea of who those top play of who their own top players are. There's not a lot of 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 controversy going around. Like those, all those four teams are pretty easy to like diagnose who's important for them. When it comes to the, the one thing that you you could say, we said this on the radio uh, recently. Barch, she's got nine double doubles, but she's got fifteen double figure rebounding games. Therefore, that means she's been short of a double double on six occasions. When she scored single digits points, usually when you're short on the double double, it's because you went sixteen and eight and you missed the last two rebounds. She's had multiple 14 and 16 rebound games where she scores like seven. This is like the ultimate question for me for the Lady Grizz, though, because you and I both agree she's an unbelievable talent, and she's so diverse. I think she does as many impactful things on the basketball court as anybody in the Big Sky Conference in women's hoops. She's diversified her offensive game. She has the ability to, to go off sometimes, like she did on Saturday where she scored a career-high 20. But like, how do you balance it? Because what makes the Lady Grizz really hard to stop is how many scorers they have, how many shooters they have. Yet it seems as if more opportunities for Barch would be better for the Lady Grizz. How do you balance these two things? It is, and it's tough. And part of that is just, I think part of that is just a Danny Barch problem. I mean, it part of it makes her such a good fit for the Lady Grizz because... She's willing to take her shots when she gets the ball in the flow of the offense, and if she doesn't get the ball, she's not going to make a big stink about it, right? And and partially, that makes her really valuable to an offense because you have somebody who's a, who's a great defender, like I wrote, and is willing to take the shots when the ball comes to her but isn't going to force anything on offense. That's really valuable, but I think there's so much more room to be explored with her offensive game, like Krista Redpath said on the radio the other day. She's turned into really a spot-up shooter. Which is crazy that she's a 6'3 post wing who can handle the ball playing out of the high post. I mean, it seems like that's uh, limiting what her true skill set is. And she's and she's so intensely athletic. I mean, the times when she does pump fake and get somebody up in the air and then decides to go to the rim, I mean, she can get from the three-point line to the rim in <laughs> one dribble. Like, she's she's 6'2", and she's a an incredible athlete, and it just feels like that potentially could be leveraged more to her overall offensive game because you look at even her big scoring nights, it's just nights where she gets her seven three-pointers in the flow of the offense. She hits five of them, and then maybe she gets to the free throw line a couple times because she gets hacked after she gets an offensive rebound. Like there's, It just feels like there's so much more room to grow out her offensive game, but that's just kind of the player and personality that she is, is that she's not going to demand that. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, probably presented by Old Works Golf Course. I know it's not golf season right now as we record in mid-February, but they have a great indoor simulator. So if you want to keep your game sharp all winter long, Old Works Golf Course at Anaconda, perfect place to go visit uh, on either side of the Continental Divide. Great meeting place in the middle for some golf during the summer, or if you want to hone in on your swing and your skills, I give Andrew and his team a call there at Old Works uh, Golf Course. The newcomer of the year, I thought was also pretty easy to determine in the women's side. Maggie Espen Miller-McGraw uh, for the Lady Grizz. She's been um, really, really good. Unbelievably efficient, shooting the three really, really well. So I think that uh, was uh, no real argument. Kennedy Johnson from Idaho and Tasia Jordan from Idaho State, also candidates. And then freshman of the year, Natalie Pickton of Montana State, Summer Hansen from Sac State, 
Tatum West, Northern Colorado, were the three top candidates. Uh, Picton is 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 the answer here because she is the one that's playing a role that was completely unexpected of her. I don't even know if they intended on playing her at all. She's good, and, and it's not as if she's overwhelmed and not ready to play. But she got thrown to the wolves because the starting point guard, supposed to be the starting point guard for Montana State, is uh, Dylan Phillip. And she was, they both have the unenviable task of trying to replace Darian White. So Picton uh, has been thrust into action. She didn't shoot the ball worth a dang in the whole beginning part of the year. She's still not shooting a great percentage, but she's been better the last couple weeks. But more than anything, she's just been running the show. And uh, if you were to pencil out all the, the factors that have Montana State as one of the biggest surprises in the league, she's. She's certainly among the top ones. Yeah, and that was that one was sort of a tough call because, like, if you're making a stats-based argument, there's no real argument for her. She's not shooting the ball yeah. well at all, but she's just accomplishing so much and allowing them to win games, right? Yes. Your starting point guard goes down. If you fill that gap with somebody who can't handle it, you're not going to win any games, so... By the fact that Montana State is winning games makes me think that Natalie Picton can handle it. In fact, when I've watched her, she can handle it. I mean, she she's not shooting a good percentage, but I've seen her hit big shots like she did late against Montana. I've seen the way that her on-ball defense, which she brings it every night, right? Shooting can slump. On-ball defense is not going to slump. She's, she's a great, intense on-ball defender. I've seen how much that sets the tone for one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I've seen her not be overwhelmed when she's going up against some of the other great point guards in the league. And for a freshman point guard especially, it's the toughest spot on a basketball court to come in right away and be able to handle everything that's that's being thrown at you. And she's doing that, and that's just such a high bar to clear. So, th- so that's why she was my answer. I mean, for, for freshman and newcomer of the year, I'm not so much focused on, on contributing to a winning team. But still, she is. Summer Hansen's been filling up the stat sheet at Sac State, right? Well, they've won what three conference games now, and they had won one when I wrote this piece. Right, like it's it's just it's different levels to it. You didn't have top reserve on here. I think if you did have a top reserve on the women's side, it probably would be Gina Markson. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, on the men's side, all Big Sky midseason teams, MVP St. Thomas, and then Cedric Coward from Eastern Washington. Second, St. Thomas, of course, uh, of Northern Colorado. Cedric Coward of Eastern Washington, second. Dylan Jones uh, of Weber State, third. And then uh, the all-conference team included Thomas Coward and Jones, plus Robert Ford, the third of Montana State, Eastern uh, Ethan Price of Eastern Washington, and Brandon Whitney of Montana. So uh, I guess first question, why St. Thomas over the rest of the field? I agree with you wholeheartedly, uh, but what, what was your determining factor? Well, he's just been able to, to take over games for Northern Colorado. You know, I think that there's especially a, their biggest games. I think there's been, there's a class of a couple guys. I think all three guys on my MVP list are asked to do a ton. Yes. For their teams, offensively, defensively, I mean, they're the clear alphas of their team. St. Thomas has been able to do that uh, around a Northern Colorado team that actually has more talent than I thought they did coming into the season. For sure. But but still, like not a roster that we thought much of coming into the season besides him. And, you know, he's a devastating offensive player. You're able to run the offense through him. He's been very good uh, defensively. And Northern Colorado is, is winning games and, and looking good. And, and when you 
come back to the stats. I mean, for for so long, Dylan Jones's argument is just like, well, he's dominating the stat categories right. so intensely that like your opening position has to be either Dylan Jones is clearly the MVP or here's why, here's why Dylan Jones isn't the MVP. But, you know, St. Thomas has stats that are absolutely comparable to him. When I wrote this, he was actually just narrowly ahead of Dylan Jones in both scoring and rebounding. He was leading the conference in scoring and rebounding. I mean, that then becomes sort of the default position. The guy's leading the conference in scoring and rebounding, right. and his team's winning. Tell me why he shouldn't be the MVP, right? No doubt. And, and uh, I mean, it's funny to say, but I think eye test-wise, what I saw this year at least, St. Thomas was more impressive. I only saw St. Thomas once. It was during his best game of the year. He scored 37 points against Montana. And when we saw Dylan Jones in Missoula, he scored 30. So it's yep. not like he you know, was a no-show. But Northern Colorado being alone in second place is one of the surprises in the conference. So um, I agree with you there. Probably the, la- the one guy on the first team that uh, was probably on the fringe that maybe you could argue uh, other guys on the second team might bump. Uh, the second team included Brian Garaki of Montana State, Deshaun Thomas of Montana. K.J. Allen of Portland State, Casey Jones of Eastern Washington, and Braden Parker of Idaho State. Brandon Whitney's probably the one that maybe was a flex guy, but he's played really well during conference play. He's been so impressive. Of course, we've seen him a lot, but he's really thriving in their offense this year. They've opened it up a little bit more. He's by far the best traditional point guard in the league. I mean, his assist-to-turnover ratio is just off the charts. He takes care of the ball. He, he doesn't commit bad turnovers. He, he doesn't commit very many turnovers at all. And that's such a huge advantage for a team. It's sort of like a hidden advantage, right? Yes. When you don't have a ton of possessions going the other way, that's a huge like sort of hidden stat in the game. And that's exactly what you want from your point guard. Of course, not surprised that one of Travis DeCure's point guards is operating the offense at, at that sort of high level. Brandy Whitney has also been able to you know pick up an increased scoring responsibility. I mean, he's yes. he's one of the most unique offensive players in the league because he's a point guard. He's small. He does all of his damage right at the rim. I mean, one of his greatest talents is his ability to get hit at the rim and fall gracefully. He, gets, right. he gets his ass knocked on the floor like 10 times a game, and every time you're like, ooh, is he okay? And he's boom, he's fine. He's just right back up. He knows how to fall so well. Yeah, it's such a it's such a unique and fun to watch like <laughs> yeah. package because he's he's a little guy with a he's really little. quick first step. So he gets into the lane, but he's also not like Dame Lillard skying over guys at the rim and dunking on people's heads. Yes. He gets into the lane with the first step, and then once he's in there, he's got all these little pump fakes, pivots. He's really good at, at like absorbing contact on the way up and then sort of being able to, to hang in the air and get these little awkward little floaters, little half scoop shots that just, you know, he's he's a great paint finisher for a guy who's who's six feet tall. It's been it's been really fun to watch. He's his defensive stats aren't there this year. He's got the reputation as one of the best defensive guards in the league. Haven't seen anything that would make me think he's taken a huge step back on the defensive end. And, you know, Montana's been been winning. 
Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. I think our uh, our good friend Nick Tabor made a good point when he and I were talking about this as well. Brenda Whitney is is as quietly as anybody, and it's not just because he's a quiet guy, but as quietly as anybody ever has in the history of the Grizz basketball program. He has had a quietly, really successful career. I mean, he's I think he's I said they said on the broadcast the other day he's one of like four guys in in program history that has more than a thousand points, more than two hundred and fifty rebounds, more than two hundred and fifty assists. In his career. You know he's averaged double figures all four years. I think, I think the only other guy in the history of the program that have done that is Michael Ogine. Yeah, right. I mean, because when Ogine was a double figures true freshman scorer, that he was the first one in Montana history. Because it used to be so hard to play at Montana just because of the way that, the, you know, that's it's, it's a side of the times as much as it is the talent of a player. But I thought Nick made a good point. He said, sometimes I think that we judged Brandon Whitney too harshly leading up to his senior year because of who preceded him. He comes right on the heels of Ahmad Rory, who came right on the heels of Will Cherry. It's yeah, like, right. I mean, those guys are, I don't know, two of, if not the two best point guards in the history of Grizz basketball, and definitely two of the best guys that I've ever covered in my career. So, Yeah, I think that's right. I think the, the other thing with Brandon Whitney is, like, it just sort of depends what angle you're looking at yes. him with. Like, it's very easy with Brandon Whitney to focus on all of the things that he cannot do. Right. Right? He's a he's he's short, so he's a good defender. Yes. But you can you can mismatch hunt him on no defense. Doubt. No doubt. He can't shoot from the outside. Okay. He I'm not even gonna try to argue. He's been shooting it okay this year. He's sure. attempted like twenty threes. Yeah. He can't shoot from the outside. Right. So if you focus on those things, if those are the first things that come to your mind when you're thinking about Brandon Whitney, you're gonna be down on him. But it's really insidious in any sport when you're evaluating players and more so for people who run teams than for people like us in the media. But you can really get in trouble when you focus on the things that a player cannot do and you ignore the things that he can do really well, which we just talked to uh, about Brandon Whitney. So because he has sort of these glaring weaknesses and always has them, has had them, and has never improved them, his outside shot hasn't improved in the four years that he's been here, you can ignore and bypass all of the, the great things that he does. And this year, I mean... This has been one of my favorite years that the Grizz player has put together in, in several years. Yeah, he's, he's having a great senior year. Uh, big set breakdowns, guys, sportsmt.com. Newcomer of the year, uh, St. Thomas was the guy. If the league is trying to be, um, how do you say, if, if they're trying to spread the wealth, then uh, I don't know if they'll, if St. Thomas was doing the MVP, I don't know if they'd also let him win newcomer of the year. They might give it to somebody else if the, if that was the case. I think it's Kalaja Dean won both last she year, did. right? Okay. Yeah, okay. So it uh, certainly could be. Uh, Brian Garaki's a good candidate at Montana State. Uh, he's been very, very good, uh, very impactful for the Cats. And then KJ Allen, who's uh, has a, a pretty prestigious resume, certainly um, has been good at Portland State, but they are the. Portland State is the toughest team in the league to figure out. No, they're just so up and down. Like, and I, I mean, well, they just they just looked great when the Montana schools were out in Portland, and then I don't even know what they've been doing. I mean, they they were they were no showing in Pocatello on Saturday. It was just so weird. 
Yeah, and it's, again, it's tough to sort of figure out, to point to their guys. K.J. Allen's a really good player. Jarrell Satterfield, who's the sort of their best player last year, he's yeah. been really up and down. It's just sort of just tough to get a handle on them. And, man, we talked about this. I'm sure we talked about this last year. Like, how much of that is just due to the guy running the show there? Like, Jace Coburn is so intense. Right. And... I mean, he's over the top with the media all the time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it would be like to play for a guy like that, but I'm not surprised, having talked to him a couple times, that the highs are high and the lows are low for Borland State, and yes. they just don't have the they they beat teams they shouldn't beat, quote unquote, right, right, and they lose to teams that they should beat. Like none of that really surprises me. Yeah, it's true. Uh, freshman of the year. Uh, this was easy slam dunk. Lawan Watts of Eastern Washington. Yeah, this is how this is how rare the freshman standouts have become. If I was making this list, he would have been my only candidate because he would have been the only freshman that I had any thoughts about. That are, yeah, <laughs> which I think says a lot about uh, just the state of freshmen in the Big Sky Conference. And then top reserve. Um, we did have top reserve on here, but I think it's a, a two-horse race probably, right? It's Tejon Sawyer at Montana and DeJore Reeves at Northern Colorado. Yeah, I think that's right. DeJore Reeves has, has really looked good for Northern Colorado coming off the bench. He, he started for the first half of the season. Yeah, they told the story on the broadcast. He got hurt, and then when he came back, he, he told Steve Smiley, he said, Hey, Coach, we've been, we've been winning with, with me out I'm totally good with coming off the bench. And since they have brought him off the bench, I mean, he's like, he's like the eighth leading scorer in the league. And so, I mean, he had like 25 off the bench against Montana on Saturday. Yeah. He's, he's a really good scorer, really good, good shooter, um, really confident player. Um, and you know, this isn't really supposed to influence that race, but the story that you just told me makes it like more likely that I would vote for him for top reserve. I, I guess the other, Guy, I mean, LaJuan Watts has been coming off the bench for yeah, Eastern Washington. Right, yeah. Dane Erickstrup as well Dane comes Erickstrup off the bench. Is, yeah, Dane Erickstrup would be the Eastern's candidate, I think. Yeah. he Because he can change their lineup in so many different ways. If he if he goes in for Casey Jones or he goes in for Ethan Price or he goes in for Cedric Coward, those other guys are so versatile as well that then all of a sudden you have like a new lineup. And that's it's so key to their their thoughts of positionless basketball at Eastern Washington. That's right. and And that sort of feels like what a, you know, that sort of feels like a, a new era of reserve, right, where he comes in and allows you to change the lineup as opposed to Joe Reeves and Tejon Sawyer, both of them. They're coming off the bench. They're instant offense guys, right? They're going to get the ball for two or three minutes, try to shoot the lights out, or in Tejon Sawyer's case, he's going to get the ball and post a bunch, uh, which feels like more like the, the Jamal Crawford-style six-man, right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Big Sam Breakdown, Scott Sports, MT.com, proudly presented by Town Pump. Town Pump's been keeping us fueled up all season long, all uh, calendar year long, really. Sent us all over Big Sky country during football season, and uh, they'll be sending us back to the Big Sky tournament this uh, spring as well. Town Pump, Montana's best for more than 50 years. Interviews coming up with Carmen G. Feller, Madison Hall, Brian Garaki, and Lalu Oke. And uh, we're about to roll into the Nuanas now, so we don't want to waste all the good stuff on the rivalry right out the gates here. But uh, well, just a couple thoughts on the, the women's game, Andrew. It's wild the pendulum that exists here in this women's rivalry. Robin Selvig dominated the Cats. 
because he dominated everybody. Dominated the Big Sky Conference for four decades. One of the most unprecedented runs in, in mid-major college basketball history. Since his retirement, the Lady Grizz, besides like two two afternoons where they caught lightning in a bottle at Dahlberg Arena, have been able to do basically nothing against Montana State. They've lost 11 out of 13. So they've already lost more rivalry games since Coach Selvig retired to Montana State than Selvig lost in his entire 38-year career. That's a, a, a staggering statistic when you really think about it. And uh, it's just amazing how once it slipped away, it's just been all in the, the – the pendulum swung from the Selvig Lady Grizz side – to the Binford Bobcat side, and it's just stayed there, and that's just sort of where we're at again coming into this one in Dahlberg Arena on Saturday. Yeah, it'll yeah it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, the way that Montana State was just able to, and I don't think that Montana State has anywhere close to as talented a roster as Montana has this season. Truth. The way that they were able to impose their will and their pace on the game in Bozeman, even after Montana started the game just like supernova hot was so, so impressive. So impressive. And I don't know, obviously a ton of that is due to Trisha Binford and to the senior leaders on that team, Madison Hall, KJ Lamardo, Taylor Jansen, whatever. How much of it was due to just being in Bozeman, being able to get the crowd behind them when right. they finally did started coming back from that run. I mean, the biggest thing that I've seen in those couple of games where they the, the Lady Grizz did get a win in Dahlberg Arena, I mean, I've seen Darian White even look shaky in front of the fans at Dahlberg Arena in a couple of those games that the Lady Grizz won. Like, how does Natalie Pickton handle that? What's that going to look like if Montana comes out and, and hits threes on three straight possessions? That's the factor I'm going to be looking at in this one is – even with all of this um, quote-unquote falling from grace for the Lady Grizz that we could analyze ad nauseum, and we have. By and large, Montana, no matter who's been the head coach in the post-Selvig era, has been good to very good and sometimes great at home. Like, you look at those, those wins during this otherwise scope of Montana State domination of the rivalry. They both came at Dahlberg Arena... And they both came relatively recently. Like, when Coach Selvig first retired, Montana State stacked up a bunch of wins in this 11 out of 13. But then Shannon Swain had the breakthrough uh, in her last season, and then Brad Holsinger in, uh, was that last year, two years ago? His first season, right? Two years ago. Two years ago in, in Dahlberg. But still, dahlberg has been a tough place for everybody to play, including the Cats. So, if... That then is overcome, overwhelmed. If that is still like, if that magic is is dissipating within the scope of this, uh, that's uh, it's bad for the Lady Grizz and also impressive for Montana State. Yeah, I mean that this would be like the exclamation point yeah, on it, right? Because yeah. the gap I, between the rosters I don't think has ever been as large in the favor of the Lady Grizz. I mean, right? Like Montana State while. was coming. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. Um. I mean, the last couple of years, Montana State was coming in with Darian White and Cola Badbear and everybody. This year, if you can't get it done at home, and I actually am anticipating that they will get it done at home. I mean, they like you said, they've been good at home. They're 8-4 and four at home. It's losses, Gonzaga, Washington State, Colorado, Colorado State, State yeah. and Northern Arizona, who's the best team in the league. Right. So they've been good at home. Well, let's hear from a young lady who will be one of the pivotal factors in this game on the Lady Grizz side if they are to defend home court. I uh, give you a little teaser. 
She said she'd rather be playing nowhere else than Dahlberg Arena on Saturday. Of course, that's true. Carmen G. Feller here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Well, big rivalry game in Montana on Saturday. Actually, two of them, a 2 p.m. and a 7 p.m. with Bobcats coming to town to take on the Lady Grizz and the Grizzlies, respectively. And we're joined now by one of the seniors of the Lady Grizz, Carmen G. Feller. Carmen, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. First of all, let's talk about last weekend. Uh, tough one against NAU, but you bounced back in a big way against Northern Colorado. So what was the biggest difference? How are you guys able to sort of bounce back and have a nice win on Saturday? I think our team uh, this year has just done a really nice job of learning all that we can from our losses and then making those adjustments for the next game. And so I really like how we just came out with a lot of intensity, um, a better focus, and just um, uh, there was just a lot of growth from Thursday to Saturday. And so I think we've done a really nice job of that all year. When it's going well offensively, what is going well? Because, I mean, sometimes you guys are putting up some crazy point totals. <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. Um, I think a lot of it has just been understanding that in order for our team to be productive offensively, we have to push our tempo. Um, and so that's been a big point of emphasis as of late, and, um, something that we've responded to really well. You guys can spread the floor so well as well. I know that's been a strength of this team for the last couple years, but now, I mean, with Danny Bart shooting the three like she is and, you know, the addition of Maggie S. McGraw, who's just a knockdown shooter, how much of of that is just a huge emphasis of your guys' and and how important is it just the way you guys can shoot the ball? Yeah, I mean, it. it, obviously from our point totals, you can see that it really helps us on the offensive end. Um, It's really comforting as a post player personally to have shooters all over the floor um and so i think with our offense it's like it would be hard to scout us because you have to guard every single person on the floor at all times there's not really anybody on our team that you can think oh we can sag off on them and we don't have to guard them it's just everybody's a threat and so it makes us that much more challenging yeah no doubt Carmen g fellow joining us here on nuan is now espn radio she's a senior for the lady grizz they host montana state on saturday you're through the first round here of league play i guess i've seen a couple teams twice even but now that you've seen everybody, what do you think of the Big Sky so far this year? You know, I, what I love about this conference is how competitive it is from top to bottom. And I think you can have anybody show up on any given night, and the team at the bottom of the conference can give the team at the top a run for their money. And so I just love how competitive it is. And I think every team has grown leaps and bounds from the beginning of the year compared to now. There's a there's some familiar faces when you see the other teams in the league, but also a lot of new faces as well. You're one of the familiar faces for the Lady Grizz. So, I mean, what's that part been like? Because, I mean, there's a lot of gals that maybe went elsewhere, but you decided to stay. So what's it been like sort of uh, seeing the, the turnover in the league? Yeah, it's really interesting. And, I'm, I mean, to be fair, six years is a long time to spend anywhere. <laughs> right. um, I've seen complete roster turnovers i've seen complete coaching staff turnovers i like this conference i'm comfortable with it um but i'm i'm grateful for my time here and i uh i appreciate the big sky conference and the growth that it's had in the time that i've been here yeah well it's uh, certainly now into the the stretch run i think four weekends of games left before uh we get to boise and a big one on saturday so uh, I guess, first of all, when it comes to the Cats, what do you take away from the first matchup? Um, what will you use maybe as motivation and or, you know, just uh, sort of wisdom going into this one on Saturday? Yeah, uh, this game has so much hype and excitement every year, and I always try and tell the underclassmen, you know, like, yes, there's a lot of, you know, rivalry, a lot of tension, a lot of emotions going into it, but at the end of the day, it's it's just basketball, and um, I want to remind each other not to get so caught up in in the emotions of it uh, because that's easy to do but um, I think both teams have 
grown a lot since we played each other first. And so it'll be interesting to see what adjustments they make, what adjustments we make, and what the final outcome is of this game. Having to be in Missoula, I mean, is that a, a distinct difference or just a little bit of a difference? I mean, I <laughs> I would take playing in Dalberg Arena over any other place <laughs> in the conference, any, any night of the week. Um, I love how passionate and uh, just excited our fan base is. And so they take care of a lot of the emotional aspect for us. Um, but it is definitely a comforting feeling, but it, there's nothing like that. You know, just the rivalry and everything that, that comes with it from our home crowd. Carmen G. Filler joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Our previewing of the Cackers rivalry games coming up on Saturday in Missoula continues. Montana State in town for a doubleheader. 2 p.m. for the women's game and then 7 p.m. Uh, for the men's game. When it comes to Montana State, they've gotten it done defensively. I mean, when they, when they are uh, winning, that's that's what they're doing. They're guarding. They're holding the teams to low point totals. So uh, what about Montana State's defense, defense makes them challenging? I think just their their mismatch, their size is definitely a big advantage for them. Um, they have a lot of really long, tall, athletic forward wing players, um, and they switch, and so it's it creates some interesting matchups, matchups that we have to exploit and take advantage of. But I think that is definitely one of the bigger factors in their defensive plan. They have some youth in this as well, but the, some of their young players uh, rose to the occasion. So uh, what do you think of that dynamic of the game? You guys, same sort of deal. Yeah, I, I will say, like, our team, though we maybe not have been playing together longest, the longest, we definitely have some more veteran players on our team. Um, credit to Montana State, they've had to grow up really fast, and they've been thrown into some interesting situations just with, like, the injuries and stuff that they've had on their teams. But... Um, They've grown up really fast. They've played well together, but um, that'll serve them well in the long run with if they all stick together. And so, uh, though we do have some veteran players on our team, I think it's just we really need to take advantage of that and use our knowledge of the game to, to our advantage. Always the rivalry is the thing that overshadows everything else, but this is just a big-time Big Sky Conference game in terms of the standings. Both these teams mm-hmm. uh, sitting at 8-4, and four, tied at, in third place. So um, what do you think of the opportunity here just in terms of uh, getting a little bit of uh, breathing room here in the standings as Boise's just around the corner. Yeah, it's a really exciting opportunity, and I think any any person who's competing at the college level, you know, we live for games like this. We love rising to the opportunity, the competitive nature of it all. Um, so, yeah, definitely a defining game for everybody playing, and so uh, may the best team win, and I'm excited for it. And just in terms of this last month, uh, goals for the Lady Grizz. I know you guys are always chasing Big Sky Conference titles. So how do you get there? What are the uh, the main objectives here this last month before the tournament? Yeah, always chasing the Big Sky Conference uh, a title there. But I think, you know, we still want to continue to learn and continue to grow. We don't want to be tapering off right now. Um, we've had continued to uh, have intense practices, conditioning, stuff like that. And so... We're not looking to slow down and ease our way into things. We're just um, going to keep putting our foot to the pedal and, and go out on top. Herman G. Filler here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. They host Montana State, the Lady Grizz do, on Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m., Dahlberg Arena. Uh, last thing for you, then, uh, keys in, in this one. I mean, what do you think will be the keys if you guys are to come out with a win? Yeah, offensively, I think it'll just be to keep pushing our transition, um, run the ball down the floor as quick as we can, and then 
knocking down some big shots will be really important for us, taking advantage of mismatches. Defensively, um, they're pretty active and they like to use their size advantage. And so just understanding personnel will be really important for us and uh, just taking away tendencies. Well, should be a fun afternoon, uh, a weekend we look forward to every year. And uh, thanks so much for taking some time to talk about it. For sure. Thank you. Big Set Breakdown, SkylandSportsMT.com. Let's hear from the other side of the rivalry then, Masson Hall. She has been uh, a huge spark for Montana State. I love that Andrew had him her on his first-team All-Big Sky squad. I hope she gets some sort of postseason accolades because I think she's just she's the spark. She's the catalyst. She's the heart and soul of what Montana State does. I think that her ability to, to key them defensively has been huge, and uh, she's got a fun story as well, which she shares with us here. Here's Madison Hall, formerly Madison Jackson, Maddie Jack here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute, taking a look inside Montana State Athletics. It's a big week this week. Got a rivalry game times two in the Garden City. Montana State coming to Missoula to take on the Grizz, the second round of these rivalry games. Uh, Earlier this year, the Montana State women, a nice win over the Lady Grizz in Bozeman, and that's been a part of an awesome uh, first half and then maybe some change here for the MSU women. Both these teams, though, tied at 8-4 and in the Big Sky Conference standing, so it should be a big game. It's 2 p.m. Dahlberg Arena, and we're joined now by a senior and uh, one of the big-time players right now for the Montana State Bobcats. It's Madison Hall. You probably remember her more as Madison Jackson. Maddie, thanks for joining us. First of all, congratulations. You got married. Uh, new last name. So uh, how's it been going? Uh, uh, congratulations to you and your family. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, new name, kind of new player, got a new number, and, you know, it's a new season. So I've been, uh, you know, having fun with it and you know we have another cat grizz week coming up so we're ready to roll (laughs) well take us through uh this first uh, 12 games here of league play you guys have been getting it done big time with your defense i love coach benford's quote after the northern colorado game she said i don't know if i've had a team that's been as locked in defensively as this group so uh, why has that been so important for you guys how have you guys been able to sort of encompass that mentality so far this year you know, uh, I would say that Ben recruited a really, really good freshman class, and these these girls are willing to work. Everybody understands that we need every single person on this team to excel in their role and to just give, you know, and compete as best as they can. And this is a group of gals that truly has embraced their roles, and we truly, we just compete. And it has been so fun, you know, coming back as a fifth year senior, I saw this in the, in the summer. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of because these girls, they bring the energy. They just, they seriously, they just put their heads down and they grind. And it's just, it's, they're just so much fun to be around. Well, that's a fun part of the story because once upon a time, yourself, Cola Bad Bear, Darian White, you guys were that really talented freshman class playing with a, <laughs> a group of a ton of seniors on a Big Sky title team. So what's it like sort of being on the other side of that now and being one of the older players sort of uh, helping the freshmen along? You know, it, it truly has been an absolute blessing because, I mean, these freshmen that have come in, they 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 truly are just, wanting to learn and they see you know with us upperclassmen as well how we compete how we show up to practices and they truly just have stepped up and they they they've just done such a great job like I said in their role and it's just been it's just been so fun you know to take them under my wing and just you know because I understand what they're going through and 
I mean, Division One basketball is not easy, and they, especially for this year, have been put into situations and different roles that, you know, for some girls they would be asking a lot, but they have just, they have just come to play and they have just executed in every every way that they can, and they're they're just such good girls. I keep saying that because I just I'm so grateful for them. They're just they're just so much fun. Well, you definitely tell you guys are having fun. It's our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Maddie Jack joining us, Madison Hall, a senior there for the Montana State Bobcats. They are in Missoula on Saturday afternoon to take on uh, the Lady Grizz. Uh, tell us about this last weekend. You guys had a suffocating defensive effort against Northern Colorado. Nice win there. And then uh, a tough one against Northern Arizona on Saturday. But the Lumberjacks, they've won eight in a row. Uh, they beat everybody in the league over the last two months here uh during this this winning streak so uh, what'd you learn from Saturday and where do you think uh, what do you think of just where you guys are at right now in the league standings you know I I feel like what we learned from NAU is just more ball pressure um you know because NAU is an excellent team and uh along with the Grizz they are also an excellent team they have excellent um uh, three three point shooters. They're strong in, in the post. So um, we've just emphasized, you know, our communication on defense is a necessity because you know if you have miscommunication, you have breakdowns. And when somebody doesn't do their job because of com- miscommunication, then you know it's kind of like a ripple effect. So staying locked in, being locked into our scout, and uh, paying attention to detail is something that we learned from Saturday's game against NAU that we need to bring into, you know, this Saturday, into the Dahlberg Arena. When it gets to this point of the year, now now you've seen everybody, right? There's no more surprises, Mm -hmm. so it's sort of the second time around. Does that make preparation easier or harder? I mean, what's what's it like playing teams for the second time during league play? You know, if anything, for me, it's, it's, I wouldn't say that it would be easier preparation because, I mean, we have so many great athletes and great teams in our conference. And, I mean, we prepare exa- like we're playing them the first time. Every every, every time we, we prepare going through, you know, we're co- going through the second round of playing them. I mean, we, we pay attention to um, what we need to do as far as our roles. Like, I, it feels – it pretty much feels like the same. You know, we go into scout. We go over – you know, each each player again and what we need to bring to the table, you know, what's going to help us win basketball games. And uh, Ben does a really good job on breaking down, you know, our goals and emphasizing that within practice. But um, I would say, you know, preparation is pretty much the same because everybody in our conference is so talented and, you know, and they also have other girls that are stepping up in their roles too. So, you know, there's a couple new girls on scout that, potentially that we'll have to go through and then, you know, just go from there. What sort of carryover is there from the last matchup specifically with the Lady Grizz then? I mean, what sort of stuff do you guys hope to replicate on Saturday? Uh, Definitely our disruptiveness when it comes to our defense, our communication, it comes to our airtime because they are a very good three-point shooting team, Um, you know, making sure that everybody is ready to go when they have their name called. Um, either starters, bench players, um, and also, I would say, um, just embracing the energy that's going to be in the Dahlberg Arena. I mean, I mean, the Grizz, they had to embrace that coming over here, and now we have to embrace that going over the hill. So 
Yeah. Well, before we get you out of here, I also, you, you mentioned just your decision to come back, but I, I want you to tell people that story because it's, it's a fascinating one, right? I mean, I think you had initially decided maybe, okay, uh, I played four years, I'm going to move on to the next chapter, but uh, you decided to come back. So just take us through it. Give people the backstory on what led to this fifth year. Yeah, I mean, so I, um, let's see. So it was after the Big Sky Tournament. Um, you know, Ben and I, we had a conversation. She called me when I was back home and, you know, we were just talking about, you know, the season and how it went and, um, how I felt about it. And then, um, I, I had told her then, you know, I think that it's best for me to hang up the Jersey, you know, number 20, hang it up. Um, and then, uh, I mentioned to her, I was, I was like, you know, I, I would love to help out. I mean, I'm, I still want to be around the girls. I still want to be around the girls and just um, be as impactful as possible, help out with anything you need. And then, you know, found she was able to find some options for me to come back and be a GA for her. And that, that was awesome. Just being around the staff because the staff was, they they were awesome. We had some new coaches coming in and, and then um, over the summer, you know, there was some jokes and stuff about, you know, me coming back because I was playing on the scout team and, I was having a blast over there. And then I started catching myself wanting to get into drills with the girls because it just it's just in my nature. You know, I love the game. I love the game. And it, it took me, I feel like it took me the summer to kind of, you know, miss it because I had such a good break. And then um, I had a conversation with Ben. She pulled me into her office. And she had asked me, she was like, you know, Jack, it's a win-win situation for me if you, you know, if you want to stay as a GA, but I am going to offer you to come back if you would like to. That is on the table still. And um, she told me, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you twenty, or I'll give you the weekend. She told me this on a Thursday. I'll give you the weekend to decide. And she was super respectful of my, of my, you know, choice to be um, a GA. She, she wanted to be careful and, you know, not put any pressure on me whatsoever. But when I was sitting in the office with her and she had mentioned that, it had just kind of clicked in my mind, I'm coming back. You know, I have some unresolved things with the game that are personal for me. And I went back, talked to my husband, and he told me, he was like, you know what, I'm always in your corner, and I would love to watch you do another year of basketball. He loves watching me play. And I called my parents, talked to them about it, and they, you know, they were like, you know what, Madison, it's whatever you decide. We're supporting you fully. And it was it was more of, you know, my decision. I didn't have any pressure from anybody at all. And so I went back into her office the next day, Friday, and I told her, I was like, you know what, Ben, I am in. I'm in. And this was the beginning of October. So I had to go through my workouts. And I was, you know, over a trash can there for a few, uh, a few of those practices. But got back into shape, and I have not regretted my decision since. I, I, I just love it. This has been a special year, a unique year, and I am just absolutely loving every moment of it. I am just taking it in, and I, I'm just so blessed, and I am so grateful that Ben gave me, you know, this opportunity, and you know, God's blessed me with staying healthy, giving me another year, and it's. It's been one heck of a ride, and I am totally here for it. I'm all in, and I just I love Montana State. I love the program. I love the people. I, this is my home. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, it's awesome. It's a cool story, and we appreciate you sharing it in such great detail. Madison Jackson, Madison Hall now, uh, Montana State Bobcat women's basketball player, senior there for the Cats, joining us here uh, on Nuanas. Now, last thing for you then, Maddie, um, your last trip to Dahlberg Arena. I know maybe you see the Lady Grizz down the road uh, in the tournament or something, but uh, this will be your last time in yeah. Missoula. So uh, how do you hope to finish this thing? What uh, What are your hopes for Saturday afternoon? Oh, you, you already know. I want the win. Especially over at Dahlberg Arena, that is a whole nother accomplishment, especially if you can get a win. And I know the Grizz would say the same about us as well, getting a win, you know, in the brick. But that is what I'm going for. That is what I'm going for. I'm going for a win. We got to love it. We appreciate you for taking so much time during a busy week. And uh, thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see you on Saturday. But best of luck. Travel safe. Sounds good. Go Cats. Thanks, Jeffrey. Down SkylineSportsMT.com. All right, on the men's side, uh, we're going to do a big sky blind side to lead Nuanas now, so no need to spend too much time on this. But uh, what in your mind is the key matchup or factor in the uh, the men's game for the rivalry on Saturday? Interesting. I think it's going to be how Matt Logie is able to handle it and not just handle being in Dahlberg Arena for the first time, but, you know, they've lost three in a row. Yes. How does he get that team to respond to adversity? And they've had adversity in this season before, right? Yes. Really bad non-conference loss. Yes. To Rocky. to Rocky Mountain. Yeah. They were able to bounce back from that, and they started conference playoff really well. Well, okay, that was when you were, what, a month into the season? Yes. Your message was still fresh in the locker room. Everything that you were preaching is fresh and new to everybody. Now it's three months into the season. Yes. These are just long seasons. Yeah, that's right. Everything gets worn out. The motivational message that you used back in December is not going to resonate the same when you hit a tough patch here in the middle of February. Also, three-game winning streaks and losing streaks are not all created equal. If you were just getting beat up and beat down, or you were like on the road or whatever, there's always different factors that can go into having a skid like the Cats are on. They've blown the lead down the stretch in three of their six conference losses. Like, they had Northern Colorado dead to rights on Saturday, and they just let it completely slip away. They only made one shot in the last six minutes of that game. So, And the other two losses were what? Portland and Sac, right? They they blew a nine-point lead to Portland State. Uh, They ended up finishing the Sac game out. They won that one. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of what their other loss was, but regardless – Two of the three during this losing streak and three of their six conference losses overall, they let the game completely slip away from them. So, Oh, uh, NAU, yeah, which is right. just as bad as losing to SAC would have been. Exactly, right? And so that's 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 where you really got to worry because it's not even necessarily – it's just about, like, the confidence of being able to, to finish the deal, right? Like, when you have it in your, your grasp and then you let it slip away, that's, that's even more detrimental to your confidence sometimes. Right, and that's what's going to happen to your season here – if you can't turn it around at some point, it's going to slip away from you. I mean, they're fo- you got to get one of those top seeds. You got to get one of those buys in the conference tournament. That would be unqualified success for Matt Logan in his first year, even if they lose that game at the conference tournament, because anything can happen in one game, right? But you need to set a marker here for the program the rest of the season. And, you know, like I said, you're going to have to find something else to motivate this team. Of course, shouldn't need any motivation going into this game. But just what does he, what does he have for the team, and what does that Montana State team come out looking like? Big Sky Breakdown. Let's hear from Brian Garaki from Montana State here on the Big Sky Breakdown. 
Well, big rivalry game times two on Saturday in Missoula. Montana State coming to town to take on Montana. The women's game at two, the men's game at seven. Our preview of these two big matchups continue here on Nuanas. Now we're joined now by a senior for the Bobcats, a guy who's having a great season so far there in his first year at MSU. It's Brian Garaki. Brian, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. First of all, just tell us about uh, just your time at Montana State so far. I know you came with Coach Logie there from Point Loma. So what's it been like being in Montana? What's it been like uh, acclimating to life in Bozeman so far? Yeah, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, but, you know, a little ups and downs. But I would say I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed the challenge of moving to a new level and a new place. Um, and I've really grown as, grown as a person and a player with that. So I'm really thankful for it. Well, you go from one beautiful place to another, but uh... – a lot different weather, and <laughs> probably not as lot, as much beachfront property. So, what you, what have you thought of this winter? I know it hasn't been as harsh of a winter uh, so far, at least for us Montanans. But what do you think of just uh, navigating the snow and things like that? Yeah, well, you know, it just makes you appreciate the sunny days that much more. So, it's nice to have something to miss in San Diego and place I can always go back to. And then, you know, it's it's nice to just have have new things in your life and experience things you haven't experienced before. From a, a basketball perspective, uh, sort of on the ground floor here of, of uh, a new era there at MSU with, with Coach uh, Logie taking over, but you are so familiar with Coach Logie. So what's that process been like, you know, sort of trying to build this new program there at Montana State, but also you having so much familiarity with the coach? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's really special. And, uh, you know, with that, there's a lot of responsibility as a player. Um, I have a lot of other players you know, looking to me, asking, you know, how he runs the show. Um, so I have responsibility on my shoulders to set a good example and be part of building the culture that we want to build here. So, Brian Garaki, yeah. you're on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Montana State takes on Montana on Saturday evening, Dahlberg Arena. What have you thought of just the first half here of Big Sky Conference play? I know you're probably maybe a game or two into the second half here now, uh, but what have you thought of just the way you guys have played? And what, what have your impressions been just so far of the Big Sky Conference? You know, I think it's it's encouraging. We've played some uh, played some really good games, and we've played some not so good games. But we know that our uh, our potential for greatness is high. Um, so we're just trying to get better each and every day um, to prepare ourselves for that conference tournament and give ourselves the best chance to go to March Madness. And when it comes to the matchup with the Grizzlies, I know you got uh, one under your belt, the one in Bozeman. Now coming to Missoula, what do you expect? And what do you remember from that first matchup? Uh, maybe that can help you in this one. Yeah, um, I think we just need to be a little more focused on uh, on ourselves and, and um, what our game plan is and try to execute our stuff and not so much worry about the outside noise and the fans and all that. So, you know, it's it's time to get one back since they got us the first time. Just learning about the rivalry, what's that process been like for you? Have you, have you learned anything maybe you didn't expect just about the rivalry with the Grizzlies? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a little stronger than I thought it was. Uh, people are very passionate about it. I grew up in Oregon, so I was part of that Civil War rivalry with Oregon and Oregon State, so I'm familiar with that. Um, but it is cool to be a part of it. Um, but, you know, for us, it's just it's just another basketball game. Um, I know it means a lot to everyone, but, uh, you know, we try, to, we try to approach it with the same mindset as we do any other game. You guys have shown some, some great flashes so far uh, this year and have a couple big-time wins. When things are going mm-hmm. well, what is going well at Montana State? I mean, what, what are you guys doing well when, when you guys are having the results that you want? Yeah, well, I think it's really more less so much X's and O's and more more of an attitude thing. Um, 
I think when we're when we're very positive and encouraging each other and bring high energy, I think good things tend to happen. Um, and then when, sometimes we'll go through little lulls where we're not as energetic, and so that you know that doesn't uh, doesn't help us very well. And then just you know being together all the time. A couple of guys have been playing really well. You've been playing really well yourself, first and foremost. And congratulations on a great start to your senior year. But I want to ask you about Robert Ford because he's just done it all for you guys so far this year. What sort of uh, element does he think, do you think he brings? What are the, the biggest strengths he brings to the Bobcats? Yeah, I mean, Rob's just an ultimate competitor. Um, you know, very skilled basketball player, obviously, but what really separates him is his mentality. You know, he just he's nonstop. He doesn't doesn't quit, doesn't back down to anybody, you know. So there's there's a lot of fight in him, and I think that's his biggest biggest strength. And for you, I mean, what has given you the ability to have so much success here your first season in the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, well, I think it, it does help, you know, coming with a, a coaching staff that I'm comfortable with um, and that there's already a, a relationship built there and some trust. Um, and then, you know, just belief in myself, you know, um, knowing that I was, at, I, I was at a high level Division II program and knowing that the success there would translate and just trusting the work I've put in. Yeah, I covered um, Division II for a couple of years, covered Central Washington for a couple of years. It was when they were uh, really good in Division II. And I remember covering a couple of regionals. And then coming back to cover the Big Sky, I, I honestly think the high-level D2 is, is very comparable. What do you think? I mean, how big of a transition has it been, or has it not been much of a transition at all? It's a little bit of a jump. I would say definitely that, you know, the size and physicality is there. But uh, for me, positionally, I think I have good size. So that hasn't been too big of a factor. Um, and it's really, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's not as big of a jump as I, as I anticipated. Um, you know, high-level Division II basketball is, is just as good, if not, you know, at times better than mid-major, call it Division One. Absolutely true. I think you see it, too, with some of these guys from the Big Sky that have gone now up to high-major conferences, and they're all contributing at a high level uh, as well. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe, as Coach Logie says, a lot a lot of gray area between levels uh, in college. Yeah. Brian Garaki joining us here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. He's one of the leading scorers for the Montana State Bobcats as they make their way to Missoula to take on the Grizzlies for a rivalry game on Saturday night. Uh, a little bit more about this matchup. I mean, what are some of your guys' keys, who, especially defensively? Who are you guys keying on when it comes to Montana? And uh, what's the scout look like coming into this game? Yeah, um, well, Moody kind of lit us up last last time. So uh, we're focused on you know taking away the three-pointer for them. Um, and then just just being really solid and sound. We've had a couple games recently where we've been been up late, and then we weren't able to close. So you know we've been practicing some some situational stuff, just making sure we're prepared. Um, you know, and, and we anticipate a really highly competitive game. So just trying to stay poised and and uh, and composed down the stretch. Well, it should be a good one Saturday night at Dahlberg Arena with MSU in uh, town in Missoula to take on Montana. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. Nice to meet you, at least uh, over the phone here. And uh, we'll catch yeah. up with you down the road, but best of luck on Saturday. Yeah, thank you for having me, and thank you. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Right down the road. Pump it up. Oh, yeah. 
And then finally, on the Grizz side of things, to me, Andrew, I think what I want to see out of the Grizz Saturday night is here's the thing. Montana could not have played better offensively in Bozeman. They, they I mean, they they basically went two for three. They, they shot 66% in the game and did whatever they wanted. Ana Moody went nuts. Uh, they had multiple guys come off the bench and have career nights. Therefore, then, even though Matt Logie's MO as a head coach at Montana State is more of a spread it around, score some points, shoot some threes, Cats are going to figure out a way to muddy this thing up. The Grizz, very much like the Lady Grizz, got to prove to me that they can win a game not – you can't just rely on shooting 55% to win all your games. Well, then have everybody having a big night, right? That's Jackson right. Knapp's hitting when you swing it to him. Tejon Sawyer's right. going crazy off the bench. Brandon Whitney's scoring 20. Like, who's their guy? Right, exactly. And so the Cats are going to muddy it up. How do the Grizz react? Can the Grizz show some toughness? Can the Grizz rise to the occasion? We shall see. Um, one guy that's going to be a huge factor in that, though, and uh, un- unfortunately, so much of it depends on if he can stay on the court. It's going to be Lalu Oke because he is—he uh, can be a game-changing player defensively for Montana's ability to protect the rim. Also, though, if he gets into quick foul trouble, it really alters your rotations. Well, and the other thing with him is he's the emotional spark of that team, right? right. He's the—he's the loudest talker. Yes. He's the he's the biggest cheerleader on the bench. When he gets in the game and when he blocks the crap out of somebody, yeah. that's what fires the team up because you know he's going to be fired up after that. He's the one who gets this going with the crowd on Saturday if he's able to stay in the game, shut down the paint, make a couple highlight plays, whether that's spiking somebody's shot out of bounds, getting an alley-oop on the other end. They need him to sort of to bring the juice. No doubt. Here's Lalo Oke from earlier this week on Nuanas Now. Well, it's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week, and we're joined now by a senior for the University of Montana as the Grizz get set to host the Bobcats on Saturday night. Lalo Oke goes by Lou. Lou, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. First of all, just tell us about uh, this week. I know you've played in a couple of these now, so uh, how you guys feeling coming uh, into this game with the Bobcats coming to town? Uh, we're feeling really good. This is a big game for the community. Uh, we get to play in front of our home crowd, so this is a big one for us. Right, last time in Bozeman, you guys had such a great performance. So uh, what uh, what were the keys to it? How do you have any carryover? I mean, what sort of carryover do you have from uh, from last time against the Cats? Uh, it's definitely great to have, have that momentum since we won the first game, to have that under our belt. Um, we uh, just executed our game plan, so we've got to continue to do what our coach tells us to do and focus and lock in on the things that are going to help us win. Particularly, what, what do you think went so well against Montana State last time? You guys were on fire offensively. Yeah, on the offensive end, uh, guys were making shots, um, and it came from a lot of different guys. Um, Moody got fired in the second half, and then we had a big performance from Jackson Knapp um, that really sparked us. When Moody gets going like that, and he's also playing off the crowd, especially when it's on the road like that, how much does that spark you guys? What do you think of that? Man, that's such a great spark because uh, it gives the bench life, and then um, it really shuts down their crowd. So it's really great for us when he's hitting shots like that. Well, Lou, okay, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. How about for yourself? What's this been like here in year number two? I mean, you, you made so much progress. You've gotten so much better in a variety of different ways, and you're contributing in such a, a huge way. What's been the key for you, and just how much of it is just being more comfortable being at Montana? Uh, it's just definitely just being more comfortable. Uh, last year was um, 
it's like a little a test run, I guess you would say. And then this year, I put in a lot of work over the summer with uh, Coach Flo to really work on my game. So then this year, uh, the coaches have had more faith in me, had more confidence in me, which gave myself more confidence. And I'm just able to go out there and play with confidence. You fill it in kind of the Mac Anderson role from a year ago as well. So what'd you learn from him, and uh, how much do you uh, try to just sort of encompass at least some of the things that he brought to the team? Yeah, Mac brought so much fire and passion to to the basketball court. Uh, I just want to take those things away from him. The how much he cared and loved being a Grizz uh, meant a lot to me, and it showed me how to go out there and play every day like that for the Grizz. When it comes to this on a personal level, what have you thought of just life in Missoula? How's it been just acclimating to life in Montana? Uh, yeah, life in Missoula has been great. You know, it's a small little town, but it's it's nice. It gets cold sometimes, but it's okay. I love the community. I love the people. That's all been great. Well, you were in Colorado before, so you're kind of a little bit used to the mountains and the cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's what been your favorite part about this whole experience? What sort of things have you learned, and uh, what, what will you take away from it? What's been so your favorite part about being a Grizz? Uh, my favorite part about being a Grizz is just the, the amazing support that we get from the community. I remember when I first got here uh, last summer, uh, people just used to just come up to me and be like, oh, are you Lalu Oki? I was like, yeah. They are like, oh, you're on the, you play for the Grizz. Uh, you're on the basketball team. Oh, we have tickets. We come to every game. And it's me, not me just getting there, not knowing anybody, just walking around in the community and people coming up to me and recognizing me. It was just so special and uh, something I'll definitely take away and cherish. Yeah, no doubt. Lalu Oki here on uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Montana hosts Montana State Saturday night uh, at Dahlberg Arena looking for a sweep in the rivalry game. Uh, when it comes to just the matchups, uh, Montana State, uh, they like to spread it around a little bit, but they do have a, a good big guy, Brandon Walker, who's who's been a good scorer so far this year. So what, what do you think of the challenge in the post? Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely going to take that because I feel like he got the best of me last game, so I'm definitely going to take that one a little bit more personal and try to shut him out and take him out of his game for this upcoming game on Saturday. Other keys uh, for Montana if you guys are going to have success on Saturday night? Um, we're going to have to just master physicality. I know they're going to come in trying to be super physical and uh, super aggressive, trying to press up on us. So we just need to be able to be the one to hit first and be the more physical team. There you go, Lalu Oke here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, 7 p.m. down there at Dahlberg Arena. It's a doubleheader, though. Uh, Lady Grizz play at 2 p.m. So if you want to catch two basketball games, you can on Missoula, uh, in Missoula on Saturday afternoon. Lou, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you being flexible, and the best of luck on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Got a bunch of stuff for you up at Skyline Sports, including this. We'll also have our contract series continuation with a look at the contracts for the respective athletic directors at both Montana and Montana State. Also got an ESPN Roundtable interview with Stu Morrill, a Grizz great coach who had the court named after him at Utah State, won over 400 games. That's how you do it uh, down there with the Aggies. That happened on Saturday, so he had some insight into that as well as what he thinks of what's going on there with Danny Sprinkle leading the Aggies. And uh, then, of course, we'll have full coverage, multiple stories, multiple pieces of multimedia for you coming out of the rivalry games on Saturday uh, as well as Montana hosts Montana State. Uh, on the hardwood. Appreciate you for following along. Sorry for the drought on the Big Sky Breakdowns, but we'll be doing these once a week moving forward here uh, until Boise. Uh, Last question for you, Andrew. I think we both agree on the women's game that the winner of the game certainly absolutely is a Big Sky Conference contender, like title contender, regular season and and postseason, certainly in the postseason, the winner of that game. And probably even still, the loser is still probably in the mix on the women's side. Would you agree with that 
assertion? Yeah, the, a loss isn't going to turn me off of either of those teams. I've seen certainly Montana State have a ton of toughness this season. Yes, in Montana, they've been winning sort of in a different way, but that team is so talented when they're on. I mean, they can play with, with anybody. No doubt. On the men's side, though, I think it's a huge deal because I think that I think the winner of the, the game, it could be a launch point. The Grizz have had an impossible time finding any momentum. They also haven't had any skits. They've just been win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss, win. Their only good little spurt was when they beat Montana State and Bozeman and then beat Weber at home two nights later. Other than that, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Literally every weekend has been a split. Could be a huge launch point for them. Same thing for the Cats, though. You snap your three-game losing streak in Missoula, you get a huge launch point. I think that the winner of this game gets a huge boost. The loser of this game is now all of a sudden hanging on for dear life. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's probably going to take a little bit more than just this game on Saturday for me to say that the winner of this game is a real contender. I, but I, don't, I, I agree with that. I just think that it could be a, a momentum boost upward. Right, and then what happens after that, if you can keep the momentum going, I think that's especially strong for the Grizz, right? Because yes. they've got now three at home. After this game, they've got Sack and Portland coming in. Those are both really winnable games, right? So if you're suddenly... Uh, you know, riding a three-game winning streak into those last three games of the conference season, they're going to be in a really good place, but it, it all short circuits if they can't get it done on Saturday. Big Sky Breakdown, SkySportsMP.com. For Andrew Houghton, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thanks so much for joining us. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gem located in Anaconda, Montana. Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State located in Anaconda. Montana.